You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kibalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Followed the path that, and he was not original in this, but I discovered this in the Chubas, and you can see it's up here, of the Achel Yisrael. Yachel Yisrael is, are the Chubas of Rabbi Lau. Uh, rabbi Lau's Chuvas, he was, of course, the chief rabbi, and now his son is the chief rabbi, the Rabbi Roshi. And Rabbi Lau um, deserves a lot of credit for staking out this area of discovering the Machlokas, the Rambam and the Ramban, about Rafua. He wasn't the one who, who originally talked about it. it was, it's, it's, it's been written about, but he did a very good job integrating it. And I followed, uh, in many ways, the sources that he was leading me to. And it's his schus, Rabbi Lau's schus, that we have a, a chance to, to learn about this in this way. And of course, Rabbi Lau was very concerned about this because he felt that one of the prime, uh, prime roles that he had as chief rabbi was to provide, to be a beacon of medical advice. And um, he did write well about the subject. He, okay considering his own limitations, because the safer, it's, it's not that easy to get through. There's, um, it, it isn't as straightforward as, as other people's writings, and that's just, he's just not as, he's, he sort of gets excited by things, not excited, but he goes off in things and sometimes doesn't, isn't the clearest uh, describer of what he wants. So I'm going to read a little, we're going to be reading some of Rabbi Lau as well, but if it wouldn't be for Rabbi Lau, I probably would not have even had this direction in the first place. So it's really Rabbi Lau. Okay. Um, let's start with the Pasuk. Now, uh, the Pasuk talks about uh, Now, of course, this is, you know, a, a, a brawl, a, a fight, a stone, a fist. Very beginning of Parshish Mishpatim. The Pasuk says that um, if the, the, the aggressor, the one who had the, 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 greater, the greater punch, uh, uh, Cassius Clay hitting Sonny Liston, so to speak, um, that's for some of people of my age, the point is, is that, yeah, Liston is, Liston's okay. He might have been knocked out. He might have gone to the hospital, but he is all right. You do not have to, uh, Clay was put in, again, in this theoretical situation, Clay would be put into sort of like a prison and would be held to see if Liston indeed would die. Okay, Liston doesn't die. Clay is not a murderer. However, Clay owes money. Okay. There is a uh, an amount of he has to pay. Okay. So this is where you have the source of in the Torah of uh, of 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 charges for medicine, charges for healing. That this is a, a an amount of money that needs to be paid. Okay. Uh, the Gemara talks about the Gemara in, in Baba Kama in the eighth parak <coughs> describes 
the process of how this works when you are uh, being charged to pay for someone's uh, medical bills. Okay. The, what I'd like to do again, this is from Rabbi Laos Juvis. He quotes the Gemara and he quotes the Mishnah. You can see it up here. The Gemara says, the Mishnah says, what is Ripui? Well, if you hit him, Okay, so there's going to be, you need to make sure, okay, he's got a wound, he's got a gash in his head in order for that to heal, whatever needs to be done properly, you got to pay for that, Clay. Now, the Mishnah says, let's say there are infections that occur. Besides the wound, infections develop. So you have to determine why those infections developed, the Mishnah says. Were those infections a direct result of the wound that occurred? Okay. So the Gemara tries to figure out, well, how do you know whether the infections are from the wound? It's right where the wound was. How do you know? So... The, the Gemara says that, the Gemara quotes a Brisa. Yeah, somebody is using an arrow here. I don't know if it was me. Tana Rabbana, yeah, thank you. Olu bot smoke, machmas hamake, venistera hamake, chayiv uraposo. So basically what occurs is, is that the wound seems to be getting better. And then what occurs? What occurs is, is that, um, it gets worse again. So the clay, if it's clay versus liston, clay cannot claim, hey, you were better. I don't have to pay for that. No, clearly it's still based on, if that's the way healings go, they go up and down. And therefore, not only that, the prices says clay still has to pay for the fact that liston can't work. And how much money is, that's not really relevant, okay? Then he's not going to give him the money of a prize fighter, but whatever it is, he has to pay for 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 Liston's uh, time that he cannot work, okay? Rabbi Yudha says that um, you don't have to pay for lost work time, okay? The third opinion says they both go together. If you have to pay for, for refuel, you have to pay for lost work. So there's three opinions, that's the Brisa. The Gemara doesn't understand what this machlokas is about. Is, what do you mean it's not because of the wound? What's going on over here? So the Gemara says, the, Rav Lau compresses the Gemara, but the Gemara basically says that what we're talking about is the following. A person wants to uh, heal now, but he also wants to be comfortable while he's healing. Sometimes his comfort level can cause problems. In this case, the type of bandaging that's going to make him feel better could have a negative result. It could result in too much heat on that spot, which could start some infections from happening. So the Gemara says, if he bonds his, if he puts the bandages on his body and the bandages are normally done, just enough to be comfortable, but aren't really wrapped tight, which is maybe the way the guy would want it, there wouldn't be any issue here. The problem is, is the person 
As the Gemara says, he's, he did Eged Yaseira. He did more than was medically needed. It was mostly for his own comfort. That's what we're talking about. So Liston is bandaging himself in a way that opens itself up to, to, to greater infection because of the pressure of the bandages. Again, again, because they might not have had the most hygienic bandages or other things like that. But yet, he wouldn't be in this position had Clay not bashed his head. Okay? Now forget the fact, we're not talking about prize fighters who go into it, and that's another question. I just was thinking about someone who hit somebody else, okay? So don't get confused with the image of, uh, of prize fighters. We're not talking about that they were in a prize fight. They're in a prize fight, this whole question might be, this might be moot. Because if you submit, then you, you're mochel in advance if you go into the ring with someone, possibly. Whether you're allowed to do that or not is another question. But let's just assume that it wasn't in the ring. It was at Sardi's. It was at Club Med, Club 54, whatever it was. That's where they got into a fight. And, 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 and Clay showed him what's what. Well, it's true. Um, uh, I, what Liston can say is, hey, you're right. I, this infection might be because... I wanted to be more comfortable, but I wouldn't have to need me more comfortable if you hadn't sucker punched me or hit me or whatever it was. So that's the machlokas. The machlokas is, do you have to pay for Sheves in that case? Rabbi Huda says, you don't. But you do have to pay. Remember what the case is again. The case is, it's, it's, it, 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 the case is, it's called Eged Yaseira, which means, let me just explain it again. He has bandaged himself more for his comfort than for the healing of the wound. And because of that, it's resulted in a reinfection of the area. And now the question is, who pays for that? And who pays for the, for the refu? And who pays for the job loss for Liston? On that, the Gemara says that everybody agrees, the first two opinions both agree, that you're going, that, 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 that Clay will have to pay for the refuas. Why? He cannot say, hey, why'd you have to do that? Why did you have to bind it so more? Because the Torah writes, Tony Bekro. It says, Rapo Yirape. The Torah writes a double language, which means you might have thought, you don't have to do refuah, Kamash Malon, you do. Sheves, it says, Rak Shifto Yitain. Sheves, it doesn't say that. Okay. The Rabbanon, the Tanakama holds, um, that they're both the same. And the third opinion says they all both go together. If you don't have to pay Shevis, you don't have to pay Ripui. Okay, those are the three opinions of the Gemara. So the Gemara says, hmm, why am I paying, according to two, the two out of three opinions, the man who is the, the attacker is paying for something which he didn't directly do. True, he created a situation of a wound, but the person himself really caused a greater infection to happen. Why is it that we are pinning the attacker with that payment? So the Gemara says, because of the double language, the Torah is telling you, yes, it doesn't seem correct, you're going to pay. You're surely going to pay. You're going to pay even though there might have been other courts and other sorts of justice systems that would have actually said, Clay is not responsible. But the Torah actually is more machmir because of the double language. Now the Gemara says, so what does the third opinion say? The third opinion says that if logically you can't be held liable because 
it was Liston's fault that he's not working, then why should Clay be paying his medical expenses? That's the Gemara's question. So the Gemara says, you know what? What about the fact that the double language, rapo yirape? So the Gemara says, you know what you need rapo yirape for? For a drasha coming out of the yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmael, the ton of the Rabbi Yishmael. What does rapo yirape mean? This is a Gemara, by the way, in Babakama Pehei on the You can look it up if you want. Mikan shenitan reshus l'rofei l'rapot. That was the drasha. Hmm. Okay. And Rashi says, And as Rav Lau translates, HaKadosh Baruch is the reason why he is uh, been hurt. HaKadosh Baruch should heal it. A person shouldn't be healing it. Now, let's think about this for a minute. Obviously, the case we just have been describing, the reason why he's been hurt is because he suffered a power, a pile driver punch from a strong guy who hit him. So it wasn't God who hit him. It was a human being who hit him. What seems to be going on here is that, yes, you want to know why the Torah wrote the double language. The Gemara is answering because in, even though the Pusik in the Torah is speaking about one human attacking another human, what would be if a person became ill not through a punch, a hit, a slam, but a disease that was unleashed or something else that was minashamayim? You can always find the bacteria, whatever it is that caused it, but we can't find a human who actually pushed into him. Maybe if it's done by God, God should be the one who heals. Meaning, a doctor should not get involved. In other words, doctors should only be relevant where humans have done the wrong thing. Okay? But not where it happens because they caught something out there. Now, in corona and COVID, I guess, the way we know about disease, everything comes from spreading with other people. So the line of demarcation is not so clear between people. Okay, I went, I knew I had COVID, so am I like, a, am I like, a, 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 I know, you know what, so people are going to hear this thing and say, will you stop calling him Clay? He changed his name to Muhammad Ali, I know. But when he, when he fought Sonny Liston, he was, he was Cassius Clay. So that's the reason why I'm using that. But there's people, you know, in other words, Clay hits Liston, but what about if I go, I know I have COVID, or I think I might have COVID, and then I give you a hug and, and invite you, or whatever it is, is that be they Shamayim or is that be they Adam? My assumption is that probably in the Gemara's way of looking at things, that's probably still be they Shamayim, right? The, the, the fact that diseases spread through, through infection and other things like that. Or look, let's talk about cancer. Even though people have talked, uh, it's not a good thing, people don't like talking about it, but <clears throat> even though there are, um, uh, uh, things out in the environment that, that, that are carcinogens and maybe could have generated. Let's assume that's something that's Bidei Shamayim or anything like that. Person is born with a con- congenital issue, Bidei Shamayim. All right. So Bidei Shamayim, the Gemara is being machadish according to this opinion that, um, 
you shouldn't go to a doctor, that a doctor shouldn't be involved. And that's what the Gemara says. No. Text, text away. As Rashi uh, and Tosus both say, Tosus says it even stronger. Tosus says, Hanimi umaka b'deodam, avachoe bobidei shamayim kishemerape nira kisoser gzeras amelech. It looks like the doctor who will try to take this case is, hey, God said you should, you got this disease. It's the will of God here. Perhaps you should be um, Yeah, it's probably it's it's the will of God. You should I shouldn't get involved here. Kabash Malon the Shari. Um that is Rashi and Taisus. Here's one of the Ramban students, the Rashba, who says Ilo Kosav Rahman el Elo Yirape, Haviamina, Shalonit never shus rafot ela makabobideodam, holy abobide shamayim osir. Who did it? God? God will heal you. Pray to God. Daven to God. If you're a doctor and you're going to say, I'm going to cure this guy, I'm going to, I'm going to cure this disease. It's almost like God wants this person to have it. And you're trying to, you're trying to interfere with God's role in the world. That's why the Torah says you have the right to get involved. Okay, so that is the Gemara. The Gemara actually does a little bit more than that. Um, and in order to be honest with you, I'm going to uh, show you that Gemara inside. I'll do it very. Uh, can, I, can I just give you? Can I just give you my opinion? Of course. Either every, everything is either bidei or everything is environmental, like when it comes to illness or even being hit by somebody. You can say Hashem wanted that to happen with everything. Or you can say it's actually happened because, you know, Johnny didn't, didn't like me or he was mad at me, so he hit me. Or you can say um, a random mutation occurred with the genetic illness or it was inherited, this genetic illness, but whatever whatever way you say, so either it's all Bideshamayim, which it is, everything is Bideshamayim, or it's it's through man or through environment. I don't think you can say, oh, this one was this and this one was that, because they all have elements of... Right. But I, 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 I sort of I, I appreciate what you're saying, Charlene, and I think it, it reflects a, uh, a a greater sophistication understanding uh, how disease spreads and works, um, which was not necessarily the way Chazal had that type of sophistication that you're sitting there being able to say that. Um, but I think even from you where you're sitting, you've got to admit there's some places where there's a direct cause, like the Torah's case. The Torah's case is a guy hitting somebody, right? A guy hitting somebody, and 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 because of the 
the nature of the weak uh, skull and skin and, and, and blood corpuscles or whatever it is, the person's going to get ill after being in a big fight. And there's going to be, there's, he's going to need, he's going to need a lot of help in order to become where, where he used to be. Person falls or gets hurt. So there is a direct cause there, even though there were environmental and other genetic and other things. I think that, um, you know, the, uh, there is another, um, so that is, that is, uh, I, I think we can say that. Uh, I, I should tell you there's another... Yeah, but the secondary infection... Go ahead, Charlene, the secondary infection. But the secondary infection is partly to blame on this person because had there not been the original, there wouldn't be a secondary infection. So you can say that he is responsible for this secondary infection because he caused the initial wound. No matter how it was treated or it wasn't treated, maybe this guy has to follow him to the doctor and say, make sure you make him take care of this correctly. But I don't think you could do that. Yeah. Um, you're right. In the, in the case that the Gemara is speaking about, where there's a, there's a, a debate about who's responsible for the secondary infection, there's, it's actually it's more complex because not only do you have the, the you have Liston, but you also have, you have, you have Clay's Winningham, but then you have Liston's, um, uh, what Liston did to himself. So um, it, it's sort of like a person plus a person. Uh, I, I want to just share with you the part of the Gemara that Rabbi Lau does not quote directly. And the Gemara then asks, at the end of that page, you can take a look, it's up here on the, on the page. The Gemara says, um, In other words, even though you pay a huge amount of money, for example, let's say in the case I just said, where, uh, where Clay uh, hits Liston and, and hits him so he, he beats him so severely that Liston um, cannot really go back to his job as a uh, as a prize fighter. So now Liston is going to, he's not the same man he used to be. And he never will be in terms of what, what's happened internally. And that, that can't get better. So the Gemara, what's paid is something called Nezek. And Nezek as we know, the way it works, it sounds very brutal, but the way it works is, is that you figure out what a person would be worth as a slave beforehand. You know, they take his, they take Liston's muscles and measurements from before, and now they say, what would Liston, again, I know it sounds bad because he's an African-American in slavery, but please, okay, don't, don't, don't jump on me for this. Uh, what would, it, what, how much would Liston have gone on the slave market? That is, that's the question. How much he would have gone for? And let's say that amount is called Nezek. So let's say as a slave, he would have been worth uh, $5,000 beforehand. Now he's worth only 3000 So a $2,000 payment is made by Clay to Liston. How do you know that besides that big amount, 
Liston's doctor bills also have to be paid by clay. So the Gemara says, Rav, quoting Rav Papa, Rav Papa Mishmei Darava, Rav Papa's Rebbe Rava, it's from Rape Yerape. In other words, payments are made, Litein Rafua B'Malkam Nezek. Even though the big amount was paid, you also have to pay for the uh, the medical costs. Marcel, what second? Don't we need that for Tanadabe Rabbi Shmol? Tanadabe Shmol says that this tells you that don't you need that double term, Rapo Yerape, to tell you that a, a doctor does get involved in these cases? Nitna Rishus Rofe Rapos? So the Gemara says, then it could have said Rofe Yerape. Why say Rapo Yerape? Could have just said, Rofe, doctor, go and do your healing. The fact that it says, Rapo um, Yerape <clears throat> tells you that, that Rafua is paid even if a huge payment is made, the huge uh, loss of, uh, I don't know what the way you would refer to this, but the loss of value of the human is paid, the Rafua is also paid. So the Gemara says, one second, don't we, didn't we just say we use it for those other drushos, which was what? That in the case that we just talked about, Charlene, that you have to pay Rafua even where there might be a blame on Liston for over-bandaging himself. Mar says, you're right. But it could have said, Rafo Rafe, Yirape, Yirape. The fact that it uses two different terms, Rapo Yirape, I learn out that all three things, I can learn out, seemingly, I can learn out Rishus, that a doctor has a right to get involved, even if it's not a direct hit from somebody. Number two, that you have to pay medicinal costs, even if, on, on one hand, you want to blame the guy that you hit because he overbandaged himself and caused infections to occur, or anything similar to that. And number three, even if there's a big money payment that comes in for other reasons for paying the value, he still has to pay medical costs. So that is the Gemara in Baba Kama. Now, that's the Gemara. We're going to see what about the Rambam and the Ramban about this piece of Gemara. Let's take a look now at... Um, at the uh, question that is asked about this Gemara, according to the Rambam. Everybody has the Gemara pretty well. Uh, I, I hope I did a decent job. I know it was a little bit complicated. But basically, we have a Pusik, a double term that does a lot of things. It, it, it teaches us the prime idea of, of, of a doctor getting involved, even in cases where it seems to be God's will. And it also talks about the responsibility humans have for causing hurt to others, that it is stronger than what you would think logically, and that you cannot blame the victim, and that the person who has generated the damage has to pay regardless. Okay? And the person cannot go off and say, hey, that's your fault, or I already paid you that amount of money. You see, in fact, the great compassion and the great responsibility that God demands from people when they cause hurt to others. 
you also have the other message, which is even if there's no person involved, a doctor is not fighting God's will by getting involved in dealing with medicine. That is the Gemara Baba Kama. I've mentioned this man before as a very uh, crucial um, 19th century thinker about big things, the Maritzchius, and he does not disappoint. The Maritzchius says, he says he looked through the whole books of the Rambam. The Rambam never quotes this Pasik to say that there's a mitzvah for a doctor to heal, or that he doesn't quote Rapo Yirape. Why doesn't the Rambam quote this Pasik? That's the Maritzvius' question. Now, the Rambam does mention the idea of healing as something important and as a mitzvah. However, the Maritzvius feels it's interesting, or Tzvius feels interesting, the Rambam doesn't quote this Pasik to prove it. That doesn't seem to be, the Gemara seems to make a big deal about this Pasik. Where does the Rambam talk about healing another person? the great doctor, the Rambam. Where does he talk about it? So if you take a look, the Rambam is in Hilchus, there's two places. There's a, we're going to do three sources in the Rambam. One is going to be from the Mishnah Torah. The other is going to be, sorry, the other two are going to be from the Parish of Mishnayis. Let's deal with the sources from Mishnah Torah first. Okay, so I know there's a lot of setup here. So... <laughs> Again, it isn't like what we've had in previous classes. You need the setup to appreciate where the Rambam is coming in. There's a lacha called Mudr um, Let's say, I don't know, let's take two people. There's Hatfield and McCoy, right? They don't like each other. So Hatfield makes a netter that um, he's not getting any enough from McCoy. You know, let's say it better. Hatfield says he's not going to give any um, either way, somehow Hatfield can't give McCoy any Hanuk. Either because McCoy says, I'm motor and I don't want to get any Hanuk from him. If I get enough from him, it's like I'm eating Chazer. Or the other way around. Uh, you know, Hatfield says, I hate McCoy. I'm not going to give him any benefit. He's not getting any benefit from me. Unfortunately, it happens to people. And when it happens, it's worse than giving someone a cold shoulder. Because what you're doing is, you're using the power of neder, of halacha, to stop you. And now it becomes against the Torah for you to give this guy any benefit. And it becomes against the Torah for him to take any benefit. That's called being moder ano someone. And it happened frequently. One of the reasons why nedarim was taken out of the standard seder alimud was because people got too involved with nedarim and the power of what their speech could do. Okay, let's move on. They're in this state. Hatfield and McCoy are in this state. Okay. What happens now? For example, um, McCoy can't figure out a piece of Gemara. Hatfield can teach it to him. Why? Because he's not allowed to take money to teach Gemara. Okay? Um, However, if you would teach him Chumash, that would be Osir, because that's the type of thing that McCoy would have to pay a teacher for. If, however, they live in a place where everybody teaches for free, 
then Hatfield hasn't done anything to McCoy, and therefore it's not considered Hano. Right? <clears throat> In other words, it's a mitzvah to teach someone. But a mitzvah you can't put an economic amount on, a, a dollar value on. But sometimes it does have a dollar value if people pay for that. What about if uh, McCoy is sick and Hatfield comes to visit him? So if it's a place where sitting with a sick person, they pay people to do that, so he can't do that. Because, right? El Mavakrova Omed. He should stand there. He shouldn't sit there. He has a right to go in because that's a mitzvah. But if there's a special thing that is paid for in those communities, I'm not just walking in, but I'm sitting and spending time with you, looking over your chart, spending an hour or two here, making sure they're taking care of you. And, 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 and in this, this, in this healthcare, this aid would be paid for. You're, the guy doesn't have to pay for that. So you have now given him that benefit. So that would be usher for Hatfield to do for McCoy. However, let's say they got into a fight. Hatfield is, uh, is uh, and McCoy, there's a netter of one against the other. And now it turns out McCoy comes to him and he's the resident doctor in the emergency room, whatever it is. So what's the halacha there, the Rambam says? That's a mitzvah. There's a mitzvah for him to be his doctor, to heal somebody. The Rambam, in fact, explains it. In He doesn't bring a pusset for it. But if you take a look at the Rambam, the Parish Mishnah, he says that Rafuas Nefoshos, you're allowed, uh, uh, Hatfield can, can heal McCoy. Now, you, he could kill him, even though there's a nether against it. Every doctor has a mitzvah to heal. And again, I'm sorry for it says it says Jews and not non-Jews, but that's what the Rambam writes. There's a mitzvah on any doctor who has capabilities to heal any ill Jew. And, the, and, that's, and where does it come from? It comes from the Pusik, Hashevo Solo. Well, that's the Pusik of when you, we see a person's animal or any money of a person that started to become abandoned, you are supposed to go and corral it and bring it back to the person. Now, Hashevo Solo, if you, if you return his donkey, you for sure return him to himself. If his heart needs a stent and you're able to give him back his body, if things aren't working well and you were able to massage his heart, give him CPR, whatever it is, give him the antibiotics that can give him back himself. If you have to give him back his animal, that's of course, you give him back himself. That's Hashevo so low. That's why the word low is there. The word low is unnecessary. Just say, you see the animal, return it. Why does it say low? Because it's not limited to animals. <coughs> it's, it's, it's giving, the animal is part of the person. And obviously, essentially, healing a person gives him back to, gives himself to himself. And that means that if you see a person who's dying, a person who's getting lost, and you can save them, you do what you can. 
the Rambam says in the Parashah Mishnah, either with your body or with your money or with your knowledge of what you tell other people to do. Okay. So, um, now, the Maritzchias quotes these two places, but the Rambam does not quote the Pasuk Rapo Yerape. It's interesting, right? Um, <clears throat> then the Maritzchias says to look at the Ramban in two other places. <clears throat> he says to look at the Ramban in Parshat Tukhukosai, the Ramban in the Sefer Teres HaOdam, and also in the Sefer Chovas HaVovos, Shara Bitochon. So, the Maritzchias, even before... <laughs> even before Rav Lau got into the picture, already sketched that there might be a divide here between the Rambam and the Ramban. And he's asked us to look at the Chavis Alvovos as well. Now, um, Rabbi Lau takes this question and says, I'm not, is it such a big question? Isn't there a Mandomer that says he, the Pusik you don't need it for that? Aren't there, uh, isn't it a Machlokas, a three-way Machlokas? So the Rambam said, Rabbi Lau says, that if you take a look at the end of the Gemara, the Gemara does say that you, that everybody holds, seemingly, of Rabbi Shmuel's drasha. So why didn't the Rambam quote the Pasuk? That, that is the question, because the Gemara seems to hold of it at the end. Rabbi Lau then has another question, and this is a question that's a very interesting one. He adds to the Maritzchias' point. Excuse me. The Gemara says that if a person is about to visit a doctor, let me show you the Gemara. Hanichnas lahak is dam. Now, as you know, this was this is medicine in that time, bloodletting. Bloodletting was a way to um, to get rid of the humors or to increase blood in one area because you have an excess blood in another area. And generally it was done around once a month or so, uh, sometimes more often, in order for a person to be healthy. In fact, that was called, you remember last week I talked about an uman. Remember I talked about a Talmud Chacham being an uman? An uman means these were experts and they had... They had special little mallets that they would use and special little uh, glass or other uh, containers that they would seek, that they would seep the blood out. So people, the average Jew walked around with a bunch of puncture wounds all over his body where, and that was normal. And and probably wasn't just the average Jew. It's probably uh, anybody who was involved in going, that's what it was. You went to a doctor once a month, to get your bloodletting done. So the, the Bryce, Bryson Brochel says that if somebody is going to be makizdam, he says, I'm doing this, God. Let it be a refua and let it work. You are the Rofe Neman. Your refuas are true. That's a very strange thing if you think about it because he's going into a doctor, right? <laughs> he's going into a doctor and he's praying to God. Okay. 
He's saying, let the doctor be a good shuyach. That's what it's, but it's not what the, the that's not what the, the statement is. Lefisha ain darken shel bnei marapos. People, as Rashi says, um, shouldn't really be going to doctors. Ain darken shel bnei marapos. But this is what they do. Let me show you the Rashi. See the Rashi. That's what they should have been doing. So when you make this, when you do this tefillah, you 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 apologize. The Gemara says, "You apologize to God." In other words, you know that this this doctor might not necessarily um, do the best job. Um, right? Rabbi Kivlevich, yeah. Rabbi Kivlevich, would you please say again which where is it? In... That's Tafsama Hamed Aleph. Tafsama Hamed Aleph in Brachos. What's the doc? 68. 68. 68. Okay. So the Gemara, now, what is the person's tefillah, according to Rashi? According to Rashi's Pshat in the Gemara, which it says, really, I know God, it's chutzpah, because I shouldn't be going to this guy. If I have issues with not feeling well and stuff, really, you should be involved. I should be davening to you. But that's what people do. People go to doctors. Okay. Um, but if Hashem has given him permission, given the doctor's permission to heal, right? That is a bias. Maybe that that's a is bias. something you should do, and that Hashem will work through the doctor. Right. right. That's a bias. You're right, Charlene. Exactly. That's why Abaya, who is an Amora, says that this might be a Brisa, this might be Rav Acha, who was a very early Amora, and maybe he got it from the Tanoim. Abaya says, I'm against saying that. You shouldn't say that. The Tani Debei Rabbi Yishmol, right, this Ches is a mistake. So Abaya quotes the Gemara and Baba Kama in Brachos, the one that we just saw, and says, look, don't you see? This is this. So you shouldn't be davening this. In other words, so here we have a philosophical issue. Is it better not to go to doctors? Is it better when an illness is bothering you? It's not because you were in a fight. It's because there's an internal issue that has developed within you. Is it better? Is it more correct to turn to God and say, God, you gave this to me. God, you're going to give me the direction. Or... Do we? Do you go to a doctor? So Abaya said, you shouldn't be saying this when you're going in. Um, let me explain it better. Rav Acha was saying, everybody's doing it already. Really, again, you got to be very careful on the words here. Really, the way Rashi explains Human beings were not created to need doctors. Ain darkon shobneyodom marapos. 
really human beings, it should be something internal happens, something happens, there should be a direction from God. Tefillah should be the answer. Some, you shouldn't, Christian science, you shouldn't be going to God, to anyone except God. All right? But, Nahagu, they started doing this. And since they started doing this, I'm doing it too. Okay, we're going to see the Ramban is going to explain it a little bit better. But that's the simple shot. Abaya disagrees. He says that perspective is, 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 is kicked out by Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel says a doctor has a rishus to heal. And since a doctor has a rishus to, to heal, you should take that out of your tefillah. Now, that's the Gemara Brachos. What's interesting is the Rambam quotes this Gemara, right? The Rambam quotes this Gemara, and the, and the Rambam, when he says what you should do when you go into a doctor, let's take a look. Hanichnas lahak is dam, Hashem elokai, she iski zeli you don't mention, I'm not really supposed to go to a doctor. So basically, the Rambam is with Abaya. Or with, and Abaya is about Tanadabe Rabbi Shmuel. So once again, Rav Lau says, why doesn't the Rambam quote the Pusik? Right? It's the Pusik and the Drasha and Rabbi Shmuel's understanding of it that puts this cardinal principle in play. Now, you could say, many of you could say, I don't hear such a question. It's so simple, the Rambam doesn't need a Pusik. And maybe some of you are thinking that. Maybe some of you are thinking the Rambam feels that this is so, this is such a, this is such a simple idea that even though the Gemara played with it, here's the Rambam being above the Gemara. And, and those of you that have been with us for the last eight weeks, this is our ninth week, know that that's not such a strange thing to say that the Rambam is sort of like beyond, the Gemara actually struggles with this, and it goes back and forth about should you submit to doctors or not, indicating that there is a machlokas between Rav Acha and the old generation and what Tana the Rabbi Shmuel said. But the Rambam sort of maybe, again, I, I, Rav Lau does not go this path. It could be the Rambam felt, you expect me to talk about this? I don't even want to. I don't even want to say there's a pusik for it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Doctors are doing their right thing. Yeah, of course. What do you expect people to do? To be Christian scientists? That's no, That's ridiculous. And therefore, the Rambam doesn't quote the pusik at all. That is one way to look at at, at, at why the Rambam feels it's 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 inessential. I want to show you um, a another piece of Rambam. Everybody, Kibbutz Levitz? Yes. The truth is, is Rapay is a command. It's not a permission because it's like Shamor, Zachor, Rapo. It's it's a command. You should do this. It's not you reshoot the Rafot or reshoot the Rapay. Right. You have a great question because the Gemara says reshoot. It's a good question. Now, in, in the context, she, uh, Charlene, it's about paying list, it's paying, it's about paying Liston for the, for the beating up that Clay 
put onto him. So rapo yirape means shifto makes sense. The Torah writes it not as a command. The Torah writes it for rapo yirape, and he'll get healed. And of course, it's all part of yitain. Shifto yitain, the rapo yirape, because it's all part of what the payment that has to come from the attacker. The drasha, you're asking a question, Charlene, which is why Rabbi Shmuel doesn't say it stronger. He shouldn't just say rishus. He should say mikan shemitzvah right? Now, Rashi and, and you saw Tosfos in the Rashba say, seemingly the idea is because you might have thought it was usher. You might have thought you shouldn't get involved. So the Gemara, the Torah says you have the right to be involved. But you, you, you're still left with a question that should be even stronger than that. Now, I want to show you one before we, I don't know if we're going to get to the Ramban today, but I want to, I want to show you one other piece of Rambam. And this is the Rambam in, um, in the Parashah Mishnayis in, um, Sochim. Okay. So here it is. The Mishnah Psachim talks about the great things that Chizki Amela did. Here's the Mishnah. Chizki did six things. Three of them the Chachamim thought were good. Three of them they didn't like. Chizkiyo Amelech, yes. So, yes, Chizkiyo Amelech. So, one thing was, his father, he was Girer Atzmos Oviv, right? So his father was a Rasha, um, and therefore, he, he showed everyone that he was not like his father. He took his father's bones and he, he, he dragged them after he died on this rope. Okay? Vahodulo. The Chacham said that was good. Kitate Nechash Hanachoshes. That was, of course, a leftover from the time of the Midbar. Right? The great uh, snake-like uh, icon that people uh, was able to heal people from the snake bites in the time of the Midbar, he crushed it. Vahodulo. Ganas Sefer Refuos. Vahodulo. There was something called the Sefer Refuos that he hid. And the Chachamim said, good job. That's the Mishnah. Now, the truth is the Rambam tells us in his commentary on the Mishnah the following. He says, I hope everybody can see it here. Halacha zuhi tosefta. It's not really from the Mishnah. The Rambam says it's not really from the Mishnah. This, um, in fact, the Rambam's, the Mishnah has, as you know, in Pirkei Avos, everybody, there's a whole <laughs> sixth parak of Pirkei Avos, which is not really Mishnayas. In fact, throughout the Mishnayas, there's 
sections that have been added on to the Mishnah, which aren't from the real Mishnayis itself, and they were added in order to sweeten various Mesechtas. There's Mesechtas that end, the Mishnayis end with things which aren't in the original Mishnah at all. The end of Kedushin is one example in other places. But the Rambam says, even though my purpose is to explain the Mishnah and not these interpolations that have been inserted into the Mishnah, he says, I'm going to explain it because people know about it, and I think there's be a benefit. What is the Sefer Rafuos that Chizkiah put away from the people of the world? It was a Sefer Shoyibos Seder Rafuos B'masha'en Minadin L'srapos Bo. It had, it was a phony book. In other words, these people that have these talismans, these people that believe in astrology, that if you do a certain action and you go on a certain date, you're going to be able to get uh, Vega or Scorpio to somehow save you. And therefore, the one who wrote them the person who wrote it wrote it to describe what were the ancient ways of healing. Not to actually use it. It was a historical book of, of, of how people acted in the ancient times and what was considered standard practice and it was interesting as a historical reference book. It was mutter to have such a book. It was mutter to read such a book. Because God says you can't do these things. That doesn't mean you can't study them. And the Rambam, of course, is a big believer in that. Because the Rambam studied all about the way the Avodah were, which helped him explain why the Torah gave so many mitzvahs about Avodah Zarah and what those mitzvahs were. So the Rambam is very happy that these books exist that describe the ancient past. He's not a book burner. But these books are meant to just be looked at as from a scholastic point of view. In fact, it helps us understand the Torah. Because God says, don't study them in order for you to become like an ancient necromancer. But you can study them, especially as the, the, even the Chachmei Sanhedrin were experts in all sorts of magics and other stuff like that because they needed to, persecu- to prosecute people who came in front of them and to know were they really guilty of what was considered standard acts of magic and things like that. Now, but then people decided, hey, let's start using them. And maybe it worked, and maybe it didn't work, because let's just get rid of these books. So there's not going to be any record of those ancient uh, medicinal things that probably were a bunch of baloney anyway, but let's just get rid of them. That's one shot the Rambam says. Could be it was actually written by a real doctor. And what's in there? What's in there is, this is a brilliant shot that Rabban came up with. What was in there was poisons, a book of how poisons work. And it was about how, what, how combinations of different ingredients lead to poison. For example, 
Sam Ploni Markiva Nasokach, Umashka Nasokach. That if you, these two elements come together and you put them together and you, and they go into your system in such a way, you're going to get this disease. And this is how you cure this disease. So it's important to know how you get the disease. The doctors would see someone who presented with this problem and then consult this book, realize from this book how the disease happens, and this way you can cure the disease. So he knows, oh, you must have eaten this. You must have eaten tomatoes. You must have eaten something else together with uh, chewing gum. And because of that, I've got something I know what can cure you. Tomatoes and chewing gum, I know what'll work. An apple and a date, I'll mix it together. And the, and, a, and, a, and the eye of a bat, whatever, we'll stick it together. And up, oh, that'll work. But then people said, hey, get a hold of that d- d- doctor book. Because you know why? Now you're going to be able to commit all these crimes and poison everybody. So people used it to kill people with. That was the Sefer Refuos. So the Sefer Refuos was a book that actually was a book of diseases that was used by doctors to figure out how diseases came. But then it was on the black market and anybody that wanted to kill off their mother-in-law or kill their wife or whatever it is and collect the money, right? All they did was get a hold of this and then give them the the drink and say a, a toast to your long health. And then the person would plots and die. So once that would happen, that started happening, Kiski said, I'm getting rid of it. And we're going to get rid of that. We're going to book burn it. No one's going to have that book of how to kill, how to get away with murder anymore. Who wrote the Sefer Refuel? I would, I, again, like many of these books, Charlene, the authorship, although, you know, the Romans were into authorship, Herodotus and others, they were very into, hey, I'm the guy that wrote this book. Many books in the ancient world, especially of the Far East, the author's name, you know, was in oblivion. We're not sure. It might have been a combination of, 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 of authors who eventually uh, authored this. Um, again, I know there's Galen. There's a lot of different, um, uh, you know, uh, Hippocrates, a lot of many doctors. I'm not sure who the author was. I would assume it was a combination of things. Now, why does there, he says, Lohi rachti The reason why I'm even getting into this I heard some say it was Shlomo. I've heard people say that the great wrote down Chizkiah's great-great-grandfather wrote down the cures for all these diseases. Whatever the disease was, get this book and you'd be cured. By the way, that's the way that mission is learned, is taught almost universally. Everybody learns that Mishnah with this pshat that the Rambam rejects. People stopped having bitochon. They stopped seeing God as central. They started just going to that book. So he says it's worthwhile that people should die. He said at least to let bitochon in Hashem. So I'm going to be gonesit. So he says first of all, the Rambam is great here. This thing is so ridiculous. It's zero. First of all, it sounds ridiculous. 
it sounds so ridiculous. It's like, it's like a crazy, ridiculous story, somebody would say. It's like a fairy tale. They tell Chizki, and all the Chachamim will agree with him, a foolishness that, that is incomparable, the silliest, stupid thing you can think of. You'd have to be a total, uh, 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 unintelligent, totally unenlightened boob to think that this is what you should do. According to their uh, imagination, that it's so wrecked and, 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 and bent out of shape, what would they say? Let's say a person's hungry and he needs bread. And now he eats it. So he has been, quote unquote, healed from the pain of hunger. Are you going to say, where was your bitachon in God? <laughs> right? You call the guy a shota who said something like that. I, when I eat, I praise God that he created this thing that is able to satisfy my hunger. And now I can live and, 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 and with bread and other things. So I thank God for all these things that are in the world. So I'm also going to thank God that he, he created this refua that is able to heal my disease when I used it. I apologize for even writing about this, this, this worthless interpretation, but I know it's out there. Lule pir sumo. So I think you see from this Rambam that this is this parish is built on the attitude of the Havamin of the Gemara, which is we have Bitochan and Hashem. Bitochan and Hashem is is, is 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 crucial. And if a person thinks, in other words, doctors who using these medicinal properties takes away from Bitochan and Hashem. And therefore, it would be usher to, to, to be in such a situation. The Rambam rejects this. And this, again, goes hand in hand with the idea that we've been talking about, the idea of, of Rapo Yirape. Just to end tonight, the Ramban we're going to deal with next week. Remember who the, um, and this is not, not my Kiddush, I, I, I think it's not an exact comparison, but this is, I'll end with Rabbi Lau's Kiddush. Remember whose drosha is that, that the doctor should be involved, Rabbi Shmuel. One of, I'm sure you remember one of the most famous machlokasim between Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is when it comes to Parnosa. Rabbi Lau quotes it. The Gemara says, V'yasavta digonecha. Why say asapta diganecha? Because you might say you're supposed to learn Torah all day. So if you learn Torah all day, how are you going out and working? How are you going out and planting stuff and spending months and months in the field processing the food and bringing it in? Hinag behen minag derech eretz. Which means you learn, but you also work. You learn when you can, but then you go out when it's time to work. Reb Shimon Bar Yochai Omar, Epsher Adam Choresh Bishas Harisha, Vizoreya Bishas Zriya, Vikotzer Bishas Ktsira, Vidosh Bishas Disha, 
all the things that it takes to bring bread to the table. You're going to be involved in that? You're going to be a farmer and do that? Torah, matei olecha. When are you going to have Torah? Ella. Why does the Torah say you're going to go out and get your dog on? When Jews are on a high level, their work gets done by others. That's is when we're not on the high level, we should be. Remember the Gemara and Brachos? We started submitting ourselves to doctors. That is Rav Shimon Bar Yochai's opinion. We mentioned him last week about not, remember about learning Torah. Now, Rabbi Lau makes a very good diuk. If you look in the Mechilta, the original Mechilta, let me show you the Mechilta, what it says. That's Rabbi Shmuel. The Mechilta is Rabbi Shmuel. Stam Mechilta is Rabbi Shmuel. The Ton of the Bay Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Shmuel. All three. Derech Eretz. And Derech Eretz includes Rafua. Rabbi Lau says there's an alternative Mechilta. The Mechilta of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. If you look in the Mechilta of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, this is it. Rapo yirape, choser marape. Do it a second time. The person's ill, go to the doctor again, the guy still has to pay. Yochel afil over al divrei arofei v'ochel dvash umine mesika. What about if Liston was told, you're going to get better, but you got to uh, put your sweet tooth on hold. You can't eat anything. Can't eat anything sweet. And he does it anyway. On that, the Mechilta de Rashmi says, no, that's where it's his fault. Because that's not like the case of binding the wound. There, it's true, Liston used to have a sweet tooth. He still wants to indulge it. But now that he's ill, he can't indulge it because the sweet tooth is going to put sugar in his system, which is not going to allow him to heal properly. That's his own fault. Clay doesn't have to pay for it. Rabbi Lau, Rabbi Lau points out that what's missing in the Mechilta de Rashbi? Less of a hach drasha. The drasha about Rishus for the Rofe, Derech Eretz, is not there. So Rabbi Lau speculates that that's Rav Shimon Bar Yochai, which he does so. The students of Rav Shimon Bar Yochai stayed on that high level, which was... You know, it is a come down to go to a doctor. Really, going to a doctor is like Ravacha. We shouldn't be doing it if it's internal, if it didn't come through the hand of man. If it came from God, we should only reflect what God wants. And we should go to a Navi. We should ask the Neviim what to do. We should be doing tshuva. But we shouldn't be referring to doctors. That So now we see this common thing. So... What's interesting is the Rambam is in Rabbi Shmuel's camp, but he doesn't want to quote his Pasuk. And I think part of it is because quoting the Pasuk would imply 
what he talks about in the Parish Mishnah as being the ultimate stupidity, right? So even quoting such a Havamina is abhorrent to the Rambam. The Rambam is going to write it's a mitzvah, but the Rambam doesn't even want to say that it's only because of the double lotion of Rapo Yerape that we have a Kabbalah. The Rambam is so intensely against this attitude, he treats going to a doctor like buying a piece of bread when you're hungry. And therefore, such a Havamina has no room in the Rambam, and therefore he excises the drosha completely. And um, whereas, as we, and, and, and you can see that the Rambam is in Rabbi Shemal's camp. It's interesting, Rabbi Shemal Bar Yochai also excises the drosha. The reason is, is because he would rather people still not go to doctors. The same way as, and this is what Rabbi Lau says, that even though it's Gzeres Abore, the Bore wants you to do work. The Bore set up a situation that we do become ill. And we do need doctors. It's not all about searching out, searching out God. Whereas Rosh Hashem has an essential difference the way he looks at what the world should be. He recognizes that everybody's doing it, but that's because we're not doing Ritzono Shemokom, just like you saw Rav Acha said in Brachos. Right? But Abaya, Rabbi Shmuel, the Rambam, of course, from this camp. So that is the Rambam's stake on Rafua. Uh, We'll see the, we'll talk about the Ramban. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.